coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzzed on Movies. Oh, I, <laughs> I'm Crinkle Whiskers. I'm Flannel Muffs. I guess I'm Grumble Bottom. <laughs> and we're here to talk to you about movies. Most importantly, the film Cats, but also Black Christmas. Cats. Um, our usual cast is here, but we also have a special guest this week, my girlfriend Lauren. Who will be joining us for our Black Christmas segment because she was there when I saw the movie and she had some very strong opinions. Um, so here we are once again in the holiday season. Um, this is the week of Christmas, very exciting. Yay. We've been watching more uh festive movies recently, have we? Know, yeah, well, oh, we have, we have. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, we watch all the Home Alone movies in this household. Ooh, um, I do, and then Teddy is forced to watch through. <laughs> Teddy Snapchats from the other room, like, yeah. watching one of them. <laughs> I, I, there were some great reactions coming from there. Were. <laughs> I get the teehees when I watch <laughs> Calvin beating up the bad guys. <laughs> Wait, they named him Calvin in the third Wait, movie? Wait, is his name? Ke oh, it's Kevin. You're right. Oh, I'm Kevin. sorry. Wait. No, in the third movie, it's Alex. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely okay. different. Okay, that makes sense. It's really, it's really good though. If you have never seen the third movie and you have been averse to it because uh, Macaulay Culkin isn't in it, I honestly I recommend it. John Hughes still wrote it, and the only reason it doesn't have Macaulay Culkin in it is because he quit acting in 1994, and John Hughes had already written an entire uh, screenplay for the third movie for Macaulay Culkin. And then he found out that he was quitting acting. So he wrote an entirely new screenplay and the cast in it is actually pretty good. Um, I can't remember everybody, but I know that the mom in it was in 16 candles. Mm -hmm. So it's got a decent cast. Um, and I think the kid is the voice of, young tarzan as well what the but, fuck <laughs> but anyway it's really good and it's actually a little bit more um i think realistic at least to like the modern day it, it adapts well to a more modern world um he actually tries calling the cops and they just don't believe him um things things like that as, you know well of course macaulay culkin did not completely quit acting in 1994 or else we would not have the amazing film Party Monster uh, with Seth Green also. That's that such was... a good Macaulay Culkin movie to have brought up. <laughs> I always have to bring that one up when mentioning Macaulay Culkin and also the fact that he was in a pizza-themed Velvet Underground band called the Pizza Underground. That is true. Uh, that's, that's These are both true facts. That you the most read. important Macaulay Culkin facts here. Mm. Um, so I, that's I, interesting. I was surprised by how good Home Alone 2 was. Um, Had you never it was... seen it? Home Alone 2 no. in New York? It's my daily experience, oh. Teddy. <laughs> I've definitely seen it before, but it had been a long time. Like, I rewatched the original much more recently. Um, but, like, it was good, and I feel like they really 
did a lot with their increased budget there. You know, like actually mm -hmm. filming a lot of on yeah, they got the president in it. Stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, well, God. actually, ah. I, I found out why he did it. It's actually not just some like weird celebrity cameo. Yeah, he bullet. owned the plaza he, at the time. He did. And yeah. Apparently, they actually filmed in a real plaza um, suite, and the the phone number that Kevin uses to book the room and like impersonating his dad. That's the real phone number to the plaza. So. Oh. It, I think it was just like an extra like tie-in. I don't know if he asked to be in the movie or they just threw it in because they thought it would be funny or what, but. Yeah, I mean, I, at the time, Donald Trump was definitely like famously known for owning like the plaza and also like just I like really New York real estate in general. I didn't that know he like, owned it until yeah. I just like looked it up. I was like, oh my God, it makes so much sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. That's well, true. more importantly, the pigeon ladies in that movie. Yes, there is the pigeon lady. The pigeon lady mm -hmm. is actually a figure you might see in New York. I swear to God, the pigeon lady's real. And her I, character is a reference to Mary Mary Poppins. There's also that. Yeah, yeah, I figured I figured that was the case. Mm -hmm. But I think John Hughes took the uh, the sequels very seriously, so mm -hmm. that was nice. Uh, all right. Anyway, so Black Christmas. Yeah, I suppose we can't we can't dawdle anymore. Um, no. We have to get around to Black Christmas. Um, as longtime listeners of the pod will know, we reviewed the original and the 2006 version last year. Was so it like we, almost exactly a year ago? It was, it was seriously, yeah, like exactly a year ago. <laughs> it was like two days before Christmas last time, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I've, been getting, I've been getting like memories from like on Snapchat and Facebook. That whole weekend. Came down last, last year. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, like. It's quite a coincidence for a year later, a, a Black Christmas uh, reboot to reveal itself to us. Um, we uh, can we we just need to point out to the pod that we have like we're we're like a blessing. Like we did a Saw series, and now there's a new Saw. We did a Black Christmas episode, and then a new Black Good Christmas luck. came out. Like it's just like something something special happens when we do we need episode. to do home alone. Yeah. <laughs> we, home alone we need to cover a series that we want to see come back um, yeah. okay yes all right we'll figure that out we'll we'll start sending that energy into the universe <laughs> and we will get more sequels and reboots greenlit yes that's that's the mission now on this pod we're uh buzzed Crazy. On reboots. we're really into <laughs> fuck original movies um <laughs> It's all franchises now. Um, God. Oh, well, yes. When we well, get to. Yes. And I did not think that this one even really deserved to be called Black Christmas. It really had almost nothing to do with the original, which I love, other than it was in a sorority house over winter break. And that's it. So, yeah, so that is pretty much it. There's nothing, there's no other real tie in. It doesn't have the same energy. As the original, it's not like like one killer like hunting down some people. Um, yeah. There's like a bow and arrow involved, which I know doesn't <laughs> have to take away from anything, but does for me for some reason. I'm like, it's just not frightening. Like Hawkeye was the killer. It's um, not yeah. fair. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but and it, it could have been good too by completely throwing away everything from the original movie, like we saw with Suspiria, which was. Totally, good, which was great. Yeah, that was really good. Actually, this movie elements. might not exist without Suspiria. I'm pr like, there's just like a lot, like the ending where it's like secretly like a weird cult around a statue of a man. 
is like very like the male version of Suspiria, only not done as well. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like bad. It was like a, a Walmart br- value brand version of the ending of Suspiria. <laughs> Walmart might not even be like good. It's like it's like the Dollar General. It's like the dicks, not dicks, ass pro shops. Like, God, yeah, <laughs> but written yeah. by women. Yeah, yeah, that's the weird. That is weird reality of this movie so yeah that was like an interesting part of this one of the first things that laura had said to me after this movie ended was this must have been written by men and it is not Uh, not. this was uh written and directed by sophia takal also written by april wolf um and yeah like so this was supposed to be uh the new like 2019 feminist version of black christmas um and the original is definitely very feminist in its own way um for its time very for 1974 a movie absolutely yeah tackling issues like abortion um was very progressive for its time um and i like so i thought the issues in the movie like i was glad that it tackled the issues it did i don't know that they were always approached in the best way and sometimes the like the actual story and the uh like the horror part of the movie sort of took a back seat to the message the movie which like i don't know i didn't really like it that much i feel like a good uh, a horror movie with a message is not something unusual you know like uh, horror movies getting political are like that's one of the the fun parts of the genre. Oh yeah. But yeah, absolutely. I feel like a good horror movie should be like a Trojan horse and that you slide the message in there secretly while having like the horror vehicle all around it. And this was definitely not subtle in its message yeah. at no, all. It wasn't it subtle in the message and it was also lacking with the actual horror. Right. Like the whole thing just feels so neutered in the way that like they cut away from all the kills. Uh, you don't really get to see any unusual methods of murder because of that. Um, so it, it takes away from some of the stuff that was so good about the original and even the 2006 remake in its own way. Uh, yeah, I much prefer the 2006 remake. I So I guess, like, it's weird. I, I mean, there hasn't been a good PG-13 horror movie, what, since, like, The Ring? Like, like it just doesn't exist. Yeah. It's hard to make a good PG thirteen horror movie. I um, no and if the ring was PG thirteen, I'm pretty sure, right? Cool. It doesn't have any like gore or anything that would make it scary. It's really fucking scary. Like, <laughs> is the um, Grudge R or PG thirteen? I think the Grudge is actually R. Um, really? Because that's very scary. The Grudge has a lot more like corpses being dragged around and like. <laughs> I don't remember. I just um, scary, but yeah. Um, but. I, yeah, like the the PG thirteen rating did it a huge disservice. You cannot have a PG thirteen movie billing itself as a slasher. That just like does not work. It's crazy to think that that works. I don't like. I don't understand what possessed this movie. The last time somebody tried to do a PG thirteen slasher was when a stranger calls, which was by the way terrible. Like <laughs> that remake with what's her name, uh, Camila Bell. Like it. it, it it really bothers me that they went that route because it just proved that they didn't really care about the horror element. Like all they cared about mm-hmm. was like, get like, Oh look, we can get this messaging out. Like, and like 
on the one hand, like messaging is good. And like, I, I am pro like sending a positive message, but as we will discuss, they didn't really do well, that well. Yeah. But also if your only thing is like getting a message out and not telling it within a good package, it says to me that you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Like just for like, like, Oh, ha 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 brownie points. Cause we told a, you know, we got a message out there. Like, you know, say it because you believe it, not because you, you know, and if you believe it, you're going to tell it within a good story. Like, yeah, yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, it's almost striking me like I wonder if Black Christmas was the original title. Because, like, I really wonder if it had another title or it was the original concept was not during Christmas. And they were like, oh, this is an opportunity to just, you know, tie it in with these other things and, and make it Christmas related. Because the actual, like, concept of the, you know, ring of the sorority fraternity cult thing isn't really tied to christmas at all so yeah i don't know yeah i don't know it, it does you are right that like we could sort of take away the christmas element and it wouldn't really change the movie that I guess measurably you could with the original though well so like the thing about the original is that like the only real impact of, of it being at christmas is that there aren't a lot of people around on campus so when so i think there's actually another good impact to the christmas season backdrop sorry to interrupt i think that like the christmas season backdrop helps because like it's the movie is all about like like these women who are sisters you know they're in a sorority together and like that's family right and christmas is supposed to be a time for family and so like i think that like there's just like this added layer of like what family can mean to these women and like right, this movie right. doesn't really, this movie does us, to, it portends to be about that actually, like very explicitly. Yes, it, definitely. It's not at all, I would say. And I also think that like, I think making so much of the plot dependent on like this fraternity doing something in the background actually really undermines the, the sisterhood element of it all. Like, I don't really like that they made it about this like fraternity cult. Like, I get the idea, like men being like a brotherhood of guys just like, like coming together to like keep women down yeah yeah literally toxic no. but it like takes so much away from like like the bond of sisterhood being like the key like focal group of the movie which like was very apparent in the original and even in the remake because it like in those movies it's just like this one dude doing something like he's isolated he's not really like the family i guess in the the first remake you have the added weird family element that is a whole other thing but like i'm thinking of the original where it's just like this one crazy dude doing something and it's like these girls who are like all like sisters because they are in the sorority together and he's isolated away from like anybody he has no connection and so like there's like a clear like it just says a lot like the the contrast between that and here it's just like it's like oh these two competing versions of family and i i don't know that that really worked for them and, you know, I think that there was a way to treat the, like, experience of this main girl. I think her name was Riley, the the main yeah. woman who was sexually assaulted. I think that there is a way to treat her story in the right way. And this was not it. It was absolutely not it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you could, you know, really do some kind of a more like serious, um, you know, telling of, of her experience. And I don't know, maybe it, I mean, it would have been maybe a less interesting movie or, 
it certainly wouldn't really be horror anymore. I mean, I guess it could potentially be in a very different way, but it wouldn't be, I don't think, a slasher if you were really to like do her story justice, you know? Um, right. But yeah, my my main problem with the movie was generally um, centered around the problematic uh, at uh, at best portrayal of like campus sexual assault. Um, part of the reason I'm here is because I was in a sorority and I was also, um, I guess you could say engaged in, um, you know, campus sexual assault outreach and education. Um, I educated myself a lot about it after seeing a documentary called the hunting ground, which I highly recommend. And, um, after seeing that, I, I really tried to educate myself about it and then, uh, educate others particularly in my sorority and um found some things in this movie to not be uh very good uh, depictions of that and you know some of it was even you know problems that i've seen before like real life issues of how those sorts of things are um handled uh in in this movie and then you know those things aren't really called out uh in the movie as being wrong um for example i think the first one was um specifically in the coffee shop with all her friends um if i'm correct that they, they spend a lot of time trying to like encourage her and almost police the way she is handling her um trauma which she obviously is still dealing with yeah a lot i mean she's having flashbacks and yeah. it would make a very boring movie if someone was to say you know like you should really go to the campus counseling center or you know you should, maybe you should talk to a therapist stay away from that yeah stay fraternity. away from that fraternity it'll probably i don't know give you flashbacks um you you know maybe you have ptsd you don't seem okay um but Movie's no over you know rather than a realistic a realistic thing that would happen would be probably the sorority would um you know make it very clear that they are no longer doing any uh social events with that fraternity they would not be engaging in some kind of a uh philanthropic uh talent night even if it was to call the guys out <laughs> like the whole idea of that song was just like oh my god yeah <laughs> that's a massive cringe that was very cringe yeah there's a song that's like basically a rewritten version of up on a housetop that's like all about her being getting, raped yeah getting raped at the frat house uh <laughs> and it gets kind of graphic at times too um it's, it's terrible it's and great. completely unrealistic that that would happen or i don't know who thought of that her or her friends or what but i believe it's... that song was uh written by one of the members of garfunkel and oats what the one, who, <laughs> the one who's not uh tignataro the other one i'm not sure uh, i don't know i i was i was thinking that part of the problem with the way that they handle sexual assault as a whole is that they're trying to address this greater issue 
by just using this one poor girl's experience. And I thought that it came across as um, the movie, you know, her friends, and then subsequently the movie telling her how she should be working through her trauma. And it just, I, I didn't think that, I don't think that there's a place for that. Um, but I should note that, you know, if you're a lady and you found this movie to be empowering, that I genuinely believe that that is awesome and that's great and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I just personally, from my experience, found it to be problematic and honestly, like, offensive. Like, when the movie ended, I, well, during the movie, I spent the entire film just, I could not wait for the movie to end to talk about all of the things that I was upset by with Teddy. And he and he doesn't let me do anything during movies. I can't whisper or even use any kind of sign language. <laughs> Highly illegal. Anything. Highly completely illegal. illegal. Cannot do any of those things. So I just had to take mental notes of everything that offended me and just wait. And when the movie ended, I was just, I was like flabbergasted. I was like, I have been, I've just been personally insulted for 90 minutes. Like that's, how much I disliked the handling of of Riley's sexual assault experience and the way that that was handled in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, another thing I didn't like was uh, specifically that that her friends kept using the phrase "what," um, whoever the guy was. I don't know. For example, like Jimmy, what Jimmy did to her. Like they, they kept using that phrase over and over again, and whenever you say that, that just completely takes away someone's agency. And I'm sure that when she was hearing that, I don't, I mean, I'm not her again, but hearing that, I'm sure just the whole experience rushes back and it would make me feel completely helpless to have my experience described that way by my friends. Again, see the lyrics of the song there, which were also kind of taking away any agency there. Yeah, I think... Sorry. I think no no no. I think you're I just I feel like the friends like they were just completely insensitive to it most of the time. They were. There's like yeah. a whole conversation between her one friend who's like basically telling her, You need to be a fighter. I thought you were a fighter. Yeah. And I'm like, what is your problem? Like, like who the <laughs> hell are you to tell her how she should be handling this? Like mm. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's ridiculous. I can imagine, I mean I just couldn't imagine anybody I know saying that to their friend. Like, you know, like, oh, yeah. and like genuinely feel like, and I couldn't imagine any of my friends being told that and putting up with it. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I think that this movie is supposed to be about, you know, this, this sisterhood and, and, you know, nothing can beat sisterhood and girl power. And like, those are bad friends. Yeah. Uh, like it just, yeah. And it, they, they're kind of talking about, her situation and what happened as if she isn't even there. And yeah, it was just, it was very, very upsetting, but there, there were things that I thought were good. Um, like I thought that it was realistic that, you know, if she did go back into that house, which I would, I don't know, I wouldn't think that she actually would. And I wouldn't think that her sorority would have anything to do with that fraternity, but hypothetically let's go with the, the idea that she does go back in that house. Um, I did think that it was realistic and good that she, 
you know, checked on her friend and uh, stopped a situation that she thought might be non-consensual and checked on that girl and sat with her, made sure she was okay. I had a problem with the fact that they just, you know, she, she just had this, you know, potential, um, you know, dangerous situation. She is drunk as a skunk and throwing up into a hat or a boot or something of the sky. And then um, they all treat it like it's fine when they just dump her into a taxi and send her home. Uh, I did not think again that that was like girls supporting girls. I cannot think of a, a big sister, little sister pair that would think that that would be properly taking care of a, another young woman like mm -hmm. i think that when you're a woman in college when you're in a sorority anything like that you you really learn how you take care of each other i mean even in the beginning of the movie i thought it was ridiculous that that girl would be walking home so late at night alone i just i i mean i guess it does happen i probably did walk home from the library alone sometimes but it just I don't know. I, I thought that you would have someone with you. And especially if that girl was as drunk as she was, you know, they would have done right. something else besides and that. It and also does depend on where you go. Like that, that was like an, looked like an isolated campus in the winter when like nobody was on campus anymore. Like right. <laughs> that's different than like well, the beginning of final season on a busy. Exactly. Yeah. Like <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, no, like, uh, no wonder she got murdered. No, but like, it's, yeah. Um, I also, I wanted to, to do a little lady PSA about um, some of the very um, unsafe practices regarding self-defense that were portrayed in the movie. And like the uh, the bad uh, phrasing that the friends used and the, and the poor, um, uh, you know, thought process about sexual assault was also not called out and it should have been um just uh the first thing is uh if if you are walking home from somewhere and you are um you know i guess just walking alone in general you should have your phone free and you shouldn't call a friend for comfort while you're walking if you feel uncomfortable you shouldn't be on the phone with someone you should have your phone free to be able to call 911 if you need to. Also, did you take note of the fact that she is like being chased by someone and calls her friend rather than calling the cops? <laughs> Not a great idea. Huh? That's, no. That's a poor choice. Um yeah. I feel like I saw a movie recently where that also happened. Like rather than calling I actually a, feel like that's uh, common and like you just call a friend. Or yeah. What is that going to do? Like yeah nothing um and so yeah um and also um the keys this whole i don't know urban legend that putting your keys between your fingers is going to help you defend yourself from anything uh it's not true don't put your keys between your fingers um that's not that it doesn't work don't do that you're just gonna hurt your palm uh yeah and I mean, if you can hurt anyone else with that, I mean, God bless you. But like keys are not very sharp and like jabbing isn't going to do much. What you should actually do is you should just take one in your hand and hold it, you know, between like your in your pointer finger and your and your thumb and hold it like that. And then you slash um, at, at 
particularly at someone's face and that's what's mm. actually going to defend you as a lady being you know i guess potentially murdered by this this uh fraternity zombie guy uh and who knows i mean if she had her keys in her hand like that and she had been slashing at his face who i mean she could maybe she could have been alive you know who knows uh, that's <laughs> yeah, so real... <laughs> if you're gonna show self-defense in a movie like this you should uh show the the stuff that works you should yeah you right i mean yeah or you know if, if you're gonna be a show... movie that purports to be concerned with like this issue you should you know yeah do a, do I, your I, research I, and show the right yeah. stuff that's for me how i felt like if you're gonna be just some other dumb horror movie like you can do you know show crappy self-defense methods i guess mm -hmm. but if you're gonna purport to be this like female empowerment girl power lady movie then i don't know i in general i wish they had really done their research more on the way to portray some of these things um again i i don't know any of the director's experience or the screenplay writer's experience i mean i i don't i don't want to pretend like my opinion is like the end all be all of like how we should be talking about this issue but from my from where i sat watching the movie i found it offensive and not a good message and almost the opposite of what they were trying to to say you know at least one woman who was not empowered i was not movie. empowered i was upset <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you were alone on that one. I, right. I, I don't see how it could be super empowering. But you know. Did it strike you guys in any of those ways? Did, did any of those lines, like when I was watching it, some of those lines, like what Jimmy did to her and, and those sorts of things, like really jumped out at me. I found them personally incredibly jarring. And like when I see movies, anything with sexual violence for me is really, really jarring and stands out a lot. But um you know, I was just wondering if, if some of those lines and situations jumped out as you, at you as being like uncomfortable or or problematic or anything. The thing I noticed most was I, I did think it seemed rather unrealistic that her friends would be encouraging her to go to this frat house after what had happened or that anyone thought it would be OK for like this member of the frat who had graduated and who was supposedly involved in this sexual assault to just be there and like she was just supposed to be okay with it oh i mean i thought but... that that was somewhat realistic that the fraternity guys would bring him back and try to yeah. act like nothing happened right, and but, not believe her but and i didn't think that she would then sisters go. would let her go yes. after knowing that he was going to be or there. that they would go yeah Right. So ridiculous to Even me that they all went back and then were like, yeah, you need to come perform with us. I was like, what? Yes. The? Like that. I mean, it doesn't make I don't know in who would do that. Like, she should not go perform in front of this guy. Like, like, even, even if, if it's, it's like a fuck you like song. Making, yeah. Exactly. Like making fun of him or whatever. Like, why are you there? Like, I just yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're having flashbacks and like PTSD and you and your friends are all thinking it's a great idea to go back in that house and and see this guy yeah i yeah. i thought i didn't think like the portrayal of the friends who like completely just could not understand was something that was like really bizarre to me because i i mean i think a lot of women are understanding of other women who have been in those situations like because
because it is a, unfortunately a large problem and <laughs> a lot well, of I think a lot of people can relate on some level like <laughs> i mean if you went to college and you were in a sorority i would say like most women have had some kind of experience either personally or through an immediate friend right. with some form of sexual assault right and i don't think that i have ever seen any kind of you know quote unquote support by friends that that was like this so well we we only hope that there's no friends out there trying to support their friends this way uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah just let let people handle their own thing at whatever speed that they need to be handling it and just be there for them in whatever way they ask you to be or yeah. you know just be gentle don't be so weird and pushy like yeah pushy and just you know encourage them to get help from professionals i mean i know that this cop you know this movie kind of really relies on like symbolism and uh stereotypes and yeah I think there's a lot of like tropey characters they're all exactly like, so yeah, the cop not... it was one cop or maybe two and you know he's the one cop and he kind of represents uh um he was like... sort of a callback to the cop in the earlier movies um oh, who well... just like doesn't listen doesn't right. pay attention That's to true. what's going on it's a bit I, of a tie-in with that but i, I think, think he also the movie was sort of like that right like the movie yeah. like i think that was also one of the movie's shortcomings was like the cop was clearly like a callback to like old school slasher cops who are just like stupid and don't do anything and are like part of the boy club and they just don't care it's so yeah. things like that song and dance number were like clearly like a callback to like old teen movies like even like mean girls comes to mind like oh, that's true like like doesn't really just like you're tackling you're tackling a more serious subject like maybe don't try to fit it to like this weird mold like right like, does and I not work the cop also i thought sort of represented on a greater level like um the criminal justice system and um like you know police and um college campus officials and that sort of thing not believing girls right right i did like that aspect of it and also like the fraternity protecting their own as right. well. right that was really so, yeah but i think that that then like dissuades women from speaking out like if you're going to use this this one guy as a symbol for no one believing this girl riley is that going to tell people that no one is ever going to believe yeah. them don't go to the cops why bother they're not going to listen to you yeah and and you know kind of piggybacking on that like if he doesn't believe you then like are you going to go to um like get professional mental health care um you know does the campus just have this one crappy policeman or does the campus have a counseling center or you know, it, it did seem sort of antiquated, actually, as well, with the the cop that didn't believe anybody, and and like you know, I know it would make a really crappy horror slasher movie if everyone was like, you know, Riley, I think you should check just like check out the counseling center, you know. But like, <laughs> I feel like if you're gonna handle like really serious topics like this, and and you know, purportedly as this female empowerment uh, movie, then like 
you need to say something like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. I guess and it's worth mentioning that, like, there have been other horror movies that, like, handled the topic of sexual violence and didn't handle it with, like, this, like, serious, like, go seek a counselor and yada, yada, yada type, like, you know, that sort of, like, I don't know, like, heaviness. But they they worked because it's like a revenge movie or something like that. This yeah. movie didn't really do that. Like it didn't lean enough into like the campy like over the top revenge or like it tried to take itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. And so like, it like it came up short because it was like, well, you're taking yourself pretty seriously for a movie that's not really saying anything about this topic. Like at least nothing right. Good. And like, the, the things <laughs> that she's doing instead of going to the counselor's office are like way in the opposite direction of things yeah. you should be doing. I mean, if it, if it was a revenge movie, it might have been, like, way better because at least the message would have been straightforward. But it it's just, like, it, it was, like, everything that she was doing instead of, you know, I guess what traditionally you would do to, to ad- address these sorts of um, occurrences were totally left field and like, let's just go to their philanthropy and in their talent show, we will sing a song about my rape. Like, yeah, let's go. Like, ah, which ostensibly what, like how, like what did it happen? Like a year before? Why are we calling this? I was thinking like a year. Like like calling this up, like the the talent show at this thing now, like that can't be healthy for her. She doesn't want like, like, Hopefully she's like started to the healing process and you're probably going to undo all of that. But well, she hasn't to, because she's still It was hard to know. Yeah, exactly. Right? Had she started any sort of healing process? But the other thing about that is that like she had her friend telling her, I thought you were a fighter. You can't just like quit. And it's like, oh but like she's like going to class and like going to school. Like she's not like. Yeah. Like she's living her life. Yes, yeah, she's, she's doing her best. She's going through a process, but like she's class. not like doing nothing like what do you mean you thought she was a fighter she clearly is like (laughs) honestly like if i mean if that guy hadn't been there i think her going back in that house just even agreeing to be there you could argue depending on where she was in her healing process could be you know perceived as very brave or something like that like you know, had that fraternity like not protected him and he had gotten expelled and he wasn't there, you know, if she had gone back in that house just to go to their philanthropy and support her friends, you could say like, oh, you know, that was like very brave of her and like healthy. But, you know, I know it's, I don't want to completely criticize the way that this was handled, but like it really is a movie about women like, fighting back against toxic masculinity and like sexual assault is a huge part of the film and you know there's so many holes I can and want to poke in it because like they they marketed themselves as being that yeah if they hadn't I might not be like calling it out so hard Right. I mean, they, but... they took a big risk, and I do admire them for trying to tackle these issues in a horror movie, as we love to see um, social issues taken on in a horror movie, but it just didn't land. Well, right. they, I mean, and they didn't, um, like, they, some of the stances they take are, like, even harmful, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like the question of, like, is it better to just, to, is it better to address it badly or not at all? Hmm. So it, you know, you can right. ask yourself that. But 
I did like the idea of the cult. I do. I think the scene at the end was just like ridiculous and not very well done at all. I don't know. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny, but <laughs> it just like everything. Which specific like, aspect because, of the scene at the end are we? It's talking just about? like so. Spoiler alert! Fully. Okay. Obviously. Yeah. So well, yeah. yeah. Spoiler alert for this so, whole. Yeah. Thing. If you haven't figured out like the basic premise of this movie by now, it the like the fraternity turns out to be like this cult um who are like they're putting the spirit of their founder into their pledges so that they can go off and kill women kill women who are uh disobedient yeah but which it doesn't really make sense because it doesn't seem like the spirit makes them any stronger because they're pretty easily defeated when the women all band together. No, and... the spirit doesn't make them physically stronger. The spirit makes them more like willing to succumb to like their like animalistic, like mm. who but, they are as men. But yeah. they're but they're already they've already joined this cult. Like they've already signed up for that sort of shit. But, well, but anyway. in fact, like, they, guys too. Right, right. Yeah. So like so, you see yeah. how they didn't necessarily like the one guy we see who wasn't a part of it, who becomes a part of it, we see that like he really and the boyfriend too. That's the who two, I'm thinking. Both, no, the two guys, the one who Riley ends up liking, and the boyfriend of the one sorority sister. Oh yeah, he, yeah, him too. He yeah. gets infected too. He and... was infe I thought he just got killed by the. No, no, no. No, he, he gets infected. Real, She's real right. Jerk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's being a real misogynistic jerk. And yeah, and she. Yeah, they have this like very. They have the fight that's like heavy with the like. It's like some very cliche barbs about like, oh, you're just not a, like, all men. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really a lot. Um, but <laughs> does, there are points in the movie that just feel like like all of Twitter just. Sort but of it is like, and you know that he movie. was infected because there's like a weird like they get like a they hear a weird noise and like can't and like and only they hear it and then like next thing you know they're acting like total like d bags, right. Like, yeah, so, his head hurt or something. Yeah, that's, that's how they know. But that's um, what happened to him. So, like, yeah, that's how I like. I think that like they don't join the cult. I think the cult like pulls them in. Like, I, well, they, like, well, some of them it does, but for like the frat brothers, we see them taking part in that ceremony where they're like. Well, I think once you're a part of it, you're a part of it. Like, so you think that they like they didn't join the fraternity until they'd already had the spirit. Put into them well i don't know i think that maybe like you join the fraternity and then like the spirit is just there like you know like you join and then like the probably the spirit like takes you in i don't really know i'm not like defending these guys i'm just like the possessed ones are the pledges so yeah. not all the guys were possessed i mean they were all d-bags no i definitely believe that some of the guys were not possessed like it was even, the like, pledges the Dread pirate roberts was not not possessed. <laughs> he was just <laughs> an asshole yes. we did love carrie i loved in him um, I really want that painting of him. I want it so oh, badly. I've never wanted anything more in my that life. Great painting. Um, <laughs> probably took it like directly from like the DVD case of Princess Bride or something. Yeah, he probably has that painting in his home. They were just like, <laughs> Can we it. that in the movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hope maybe maybe they make a print of it. We have to find this. Yeah. Like, his parts were pretty good. Were I feel like, funny. unfortunately, I mean, they were very cliche though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, he's good at that though. He's good at like hamming up a classic campy horror. He film. loves to ham up being a maybe villain for a while, as we saw in Saw Seven, well, the final chapter. Yes. Did you guys see the trailer? Because this movie, Black <laughs> Christmas, actually got a ton of flack online because 
people thought that the trailer gave away so many spoilers, which I think is completely true. I mean, yeah, I saw it on the train uh, before going actually before agreeing to see it with Teddy, because I wanted to make sure it wasn't too scary. And <laughs> uh, after seeing it, I was like, oh, OK, I feel better. But you really do basically find out everything about the yeah. movie from the they tell you about the cult. They, they tell basically you about, tell you about oh, wow. the cult. You know that they show stuff Carrie from the final scene. They show yeah. like the the sorority sisters rolling up with like baseball bats and whatever. It, well, it's to, in the promo yeah. photo. <laughs> That's like the climax scene right there, and it's in the trailer, and it's on the posters. Short God, from knowing terrible. exactly <laughs> who dies by the end of the movie, the trailer basically tells you everything yeah. about the movie. Man, that's so, stupid. I did not know I, that. I hadn't seen the, tr the oh, trailer. I did like the idea of the scene at the end. I just think it Me was too. not. Yeah, it, absolutely. It was yeah. Kind of the way it came together. I feel like the. I felt like most of the movie was anticlimactic. Easily. The cult, yeah, they were defeated pretty easily. And there wasn't like any, like, oh no, now they're like, it should have been like harder to defeat Carrie Elwes. Or like Carrie Elwes was like actually a reincarnation of the founder or something like some sort of like, oh, no, things are even worse than we thought moment. But they didn't really have that. It was like, oh, no. they're this cult. Let's beat them up. OK, now they're dead. I guess that's the end of the movie. And it ended very abruptly, like right it after did. that. Too. It, it did. It was very abrupt. Um, and I thought not enough girls died. I don't know. <laughs> I like a movie where a lot of girls <laughs> die. The original, everybody dies, right? It is a slasher. There was a shocking um, lack number of, of survivors. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lack of slashing. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was almost no slashing. Out. The slashing was done. Yeah, exactly. The slashing Not was done fair. like Katniss Everdeen style, which is like a really weird thing. Like, it's and just, like, it's not scary. Like, there's a reason, like, guns aren't used in movie, like, horror slasher movies. Like, bow and arrows are the same thing. Like, it's just <laughs> not that it's scary. Nobody's scared of a bow and arrow. Come and on. you know, with the girl in the attics who is strangled with the Christmas lights, I really, really wanted a callback somehow to the girl who is uh, strangled with the plastic bag in the first Wait, one. Doesn't someone get killed with the plastic bag in this movie? I'm pretty sure there is a plastic bag kill. I feel like something like that happens, but one thing it didn't do was like it set itself up like for like some good like callback imagery in that attic sequence and it didn't do any of it. It didn't you didn't mm. even see her. It was just like Katie. Yeah. Katie. And then nothing. You don't see her face. You don't see any kind of. And that's the scariest part of that kill in the original. Yeah, it's like yeah. the movie won't show corpses. That's for sure. Yeah, the movie will not. Sh oh my gosh. Yeah, it totally set itself up for some awesome callbacks that I think would have really helped with some of the tie-ins. But yeah. it just mm -hmm. shied away from those. Like it shied away from violence and blood and gore. <laughs> and uh, a horror movie. And uh, yeah. Um, I should mention also that uh, I thought Imogen Poots was really good she was very movie. very good she Just, was a good actress yeah, it was good to see not, her i haven't seen her in a while yeah despite <laughs> not being given the most to work with um no. her character was pretty compelling and she was doing a great job with the acting she um, was. that's very true the rest of the cast i don't know um not they, they really memorable. weren't given a lot to, to yeah do. i don't know if the material was you know I could have hoped for better for uh, mm -hmm. like the, none of them had a lot to work with. And when they did, it was mostly like weird, like caricatures of humans. 
So very true. Mm-hmm. Again, with the whole issue of, you know, a macro problem in a micro setting. Everybody yeah. and there's a, a way a, horror can do like caricatures well, yeah. but this one wasn't one of those because mm-hmm. I like a movie that like deals in like caricatures and like oh, big yeah, archetypes. Like, like those are fun. Yeah, yeah. But this the movie did in the woods is like subverting uh expectations but yeah and even movies that like lean into it like sort of like unironically like those can be fun but like this one didn't do that (laughs) so it appears that most of the audiences share our view on this uh this this movie is 39 percent on rotten tomatoes right now um 30 percent audience score uh but and it's being described as a bomb, but it's made twenty-one million worldwide on an eight million budget. So I guess maybe everyone is seeing it and then hating it. It's made it's a decent... not a bomb. Yeah, no. it's it's made money. It's not like a hit, but it's it's done all right. Has it made more than cats? Uh, <laughs> I think it has. It right? probably has. By yeah. Now. Um, I'd say yeah, yeah. Cats. We'll get to cats. Is box office performance for sure <laughs> um but yeah i don't know i can't really recommend anyone see this it's not amazing if you've seen the other two and are curious about it like check it out but if you're curious about black christmas period just go see the 1974 version oh, yeah. it's so good yeah it's way better it's so good it's great christmas any, movie or horror movie any other parting yep. thoughts on black christmas 2019 Support um, your friends in your friends. a positive way. And, you know, if you have to um, seek mental health help, there is nothing wrong with that. And you should not be ashamed. Don't sing up on the housetop. With <laughs> yeah. rape lyrics. Don't do that. <laughs> Jesus, please and, don't and do And don't it. do that. Those are my two pieces of advice. <laughs> yeah, those are my two takeaways from this movie. Uh, if you want a good feminist revenge movie directed by women from the past 10 years. Uh, Is it check Revenge? It out. Oh. Uh, well, I haven't seen Revenge. I've heard that's very good. Uh, also, American Mary, directed oh, yeah. by the, the Saska sisters. That's fantastic. really good. Yeah. Fantastic movie. I didn't see that. What's that one, out? Widows? Is that anything to do with any of that? That's that's like a heist movie that came out last oh, year. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah, that's good, though. It's not... Yeah, it's not like a horror film, but it is good. Okay. Yeah. Well, that is a good movie with ladies in it. So Yes, yes that's absolutely true. It's definitely <laughs> it is a movie. Go, there are a... so many other good movies with ladies in them that are empowering that are not this. Little women. <laughs> little women. Little Go women. See little women. <laughs> <laughs> Go see little women. <laughs> we love Greta Gerwig. Yes. Yay. Yes, we do. And hoop skirts. I Yay. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about wraps up Black Christmas. Ready to talk cats? Okay. Been waiting I'm, for this. I'm gonna go then because I yeah. I haven't seen cats. I'm a, Say I'm a to Lauren. huge lover of the musical Cats. Maybe one of like five people on earth who love the musical, which <laughs> makes me wonder why they chose this musical for a film adaptation when Wicked still isn't out. Well, it's coming, yeah. okay? It's been coming I every know, year for the past but... decade, but it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. A tweet from Universal Pictures was recently unearthed wherein they said that the movie was going to come out on December 20th, 2019. 
and everybody was replying oh. to it on that day being like oh yeah so where is it guys where's the movie yeah but first cats yeah cats anyway. we got cats okay. thanks for listening to me thanks for thanks coming for having me on thanks your show us. thanks for sharing your thoughts yes uh, if you ever need any lady opinions <laughs> Just let me know, and I'll I'll be around. I'm here all the time. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> she put us. She puts up with this podcast being recorded. I do. Um, I, I watch TV with headphones on while you guys. Do it. So uh, I'm not allowed to make noise. Okay, so why don't you go do that? Okay. Now? <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. I'm just gonna see how many times in this segment I can throw Jellicle in front of things and like. Okay, Jellicle gang, let's go. <laughs> I can't fucking deal with cats. Yeah. Um, All right. So we've known it was coming for a long time. We've known this was going to be a rough one. Um, and there's still nothing that can really prepare you for the majesty and misery that is cats 2019 <laughs> the majesty and the mystery is actually gonna be the name of my <laughs> memoir that's like <laughs> it's misery misery but mystery <laughs> works well too there's a there's a lot of mysteries in this movie like <laughs> why some... did they why did they release it without completing the cgi that's a good mystery <laughs> why did um, judy didn't agree to it uh, why? Yeah. also why just why? Why? Like why? 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 We have so many questions and very little answers. But we both saw cats last <sighs> night. This was very much a last minute decision. Um, we just we both we heard about the CGI thing, and we both knew we had to rush out to see this immediately. So basically, um, there was announcement that the theaters are going to be getting new versions of the movie this week. It just came out on Thursday night and uh, the new versions are supposed to fix some issues with the CGI being incomplete in some places. Um, so <laughs> I was like, well, we got to see that incomplete CGI now. And uh, it didn't disappoint. I mean, I wouldn't say it really fucking did not. <laughs> I, I don't know how much better they're actually going to make it when the new one comes out, but there are definitely several key moments you can see to tell whether you're watching the unfixed version or not. Uh, most notably that uh, like Judy Dench's character does not have the same like pseudo cat hands as everyone else and just has regular human hands the whole time, including her wedding ring, which... <laughs> Uh, just totally messes with the scale of the cat's world wherein they're supposed to be able to wear like human sized rings around their arms. Uh, okay. So... Well, you know what? That's not the only thing that messes up with the, the scale of the cats and the world around them. There are so many questions I have. Like one, have any of the producers of this film seen a live cat? Has a single one of them seen a cat? I don't know. I think the answer is no. I don't know if they know the size of a cat. I don't know if they know what a cat looks like. Um, it's disturbing. I own a cat. I mean, the cat doesn't live with me, but I do own one. And it doesn't look like any of these things. Yeah. They they just, like, I don't know. The choice to neither do a live action version or an animated version, but to do something 
halfway in between is so strange. It was and, a jellical choice. Yeah, it was the jellical choice. <laughs> the most disturbing jellical choice of all. Um, and I don't know if we'll ever have answers for why, except that it might just be another example of Tom Hooper being like, there's got to be some sort of thing I can work into this movie that will make filming at least 10 times more difficult, will make the thing <laughs> at least 10 times more expensive, and will at best detract from the movie. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it's a choice. And it's by far the most like visible part of the movie. You never forget that you're seeing like these weird nightmarish cat creatures. You're never like, like fully immersed in the movie because you're just constantly concerned with how horrific this these spectacles are it is genuinely horrific it's like you're watching something debauched the whole time like it's like i should not be seeing this this is not fit for human <laughs> consumption but i'm here and i have to deal with it and like there's no escape once you're in the theater and you're watching it happen <laughs> like yeah like even if you wanted to leave which i don't think you'd want to because it's so it's genuinely gripping in its horror. Like I'm like, I, I, I can't look away. I mean, it's, it's engrossing. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> I, you just like never get accustomed to what you're witnessing. Like you would think that there would come a time where it's like, okay, I've seen Jennifer Hudson's face fading into that furry thing. Um, I will get used to it. But then she shows up at the end and you're still not fucking used to it. <laughs> and it's still fucking weird. Like, and it's just never going to not be weird. It's not, it doesn't matter what Tom Hooper's update does. I don't care about the new DCP. I don't care what they're doing. It's still going to look weird. And I'm still going to be terrified of McCavity. 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 Creeping around. And his weird, scary, like, always feels like he should have a spotlight on him. Like, he's like the Hamburglar or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they'll just like, he'll suddenly, they'll be in the middle of a scene and then he'll look over and he'll just be like relaxing on a box nearby. Like, where yeah. did he come from? He well, also is Thanos? Question mark? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he is. So, wait. So, I couldn't like fully clear this up or not. Does he? I know that he does kidnap old Deuteronomy in the actual musical. Does he kidnap the rest of those characters? And does he do it by like evaporating them and then reassembling I, them on a I, barge in the middle of the Thames? Okay, I'm very positive that that last part is made up, but <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> um. But I don't know. Uh, I really don't remember enough of the stage show. It honestly, um, we could have used Lauren to stick around for this. Um, I didn't want to spoil that part of it for her because it's gonna be, it's gonna be really something when she sees it. I'm by the way, it's really something. I'm going to see this movie a second time. <laughs> I think I'm going to too because I need to see the difference. I'm, I need yeah. to know. Of course, like I'm, I already committed to seeing it I with also, Lauren on Saturday with her friends. Uh, 
but I'm I also had fully committed. I'm going to own a physical copy of this movie <laughs> because this is going to be like a drunk with friends viewing. Like this is like, this oh, is like, oh, absolutely. It, it's really an experience. Like I was laughing the whole time I was watching this movie. I was like, they really thought this choice was good. Like, <laughs> there are so many rich, famous, successful people, and they said yes to cats there were numerous times in this movie when i either audibly said wow or oh fuck Mm -hmm. (laughs) when a new cat came on the screen (laughs) what about the twin cats you know what this is an underbuild moment when we have the twin cats who just wreak havoc on a human's house for no reason like we have no we have no understanding of why they do the things they do but they run around the house and they're just tearing shit up and our nice good newcomer cat is just like yeah i could do this too and like it's <laughs> like right, who Samuel. are you and like they're just like running around and wreaking havoc they look almost exactly the same with that scary tabby cat coat that's their that thing they're supposed to be hard to tell apart well, the, I hate it. it to wreak Let me tell you that I hate it. <laughs> I've hated few things more. Um, I also hate that every cat in this movie is horny for Jason Derulo. I get it. I get it. But like they're cats. But um I and mean, most of them are fixed. I I feel like that's established because they were all owned by humans. there's a line in this movie where it like isn't it the rebel wilson cat like asks if the jason derulo cat had just been fixed because he was singing all those high notes yes that is the thing that happens (laughs) um it's the rebel wilson cat also known as jenny any dots yes Um, jenny any dots has the most horrific bug horror since a nightmare on elm street part four um <laughs> her little tap dance with the cockroaches it is um, truly unhinged i mean there are like there's a lot of this movie that's unhinged let's be clear uh that is a genuinely unreal moment of cinematography like honestly something i don't know what should happen but this movie it's like it's gonna get Rosies, and we all know it's gonna get Rosies, but yeah. it's almost like the Rosies aren't enough. Like, <laughs> it like needs this, its own award. <laughs> it because it's not re- like Rosies to me are for like movies that are just like so bad because like they didn't even like like you know like Crossroads starring Britney Spears won Rosies because it was the most like prototypical piece of teen film ever. You know, like it was like not trying. Right, Cats fucking tried yes and it like like there is so much effort poured into this film and like all of that effort went to the exact wrong places (laughs) (laughs) that is the effort into the exact worst aspects of this movie we can (laughs) that is what's so great about it it's like a colossal achievement of all the wrong things it like I mean, if this in its own way, this is a tremendous movie. It is. I, it's. I just. I don't want to undersell. It's sell 2019, that. and we have a cat's <laughs> film adaptation, and it's live action, sort of. And like, <laughs> it's something. We're it's living in this world. We no longer live in a world where people just don't know what the horror of cats is. Like, this is it. 
we're out here. We all know. We can. I watched cats on the big screen. <laughs> I I sat in the second row for this thing. I wanted That's to be That's horrifying. Close as I was possible. in the fourth row. Um, I wanted to be really close to see all the janky CGI. You needed to see that horrifying Ian McKellen scene where he drinks the milk from the saucer and makes <laughs> me wish that I actively died in the theater. <laughs> I'm just picturing you like in the theater watching that scene and then you lay back and like a cartoon ghost emerges from you <laughs> playing a harp and you like just float. And the ghost would emerge and just start singing memory just like hovering over me. And you you go up into the sky in in like a big balloon. I'm like, going to the heavy side layer, y'all. Go, I will ascend to the heavy side layer. Old Deuteronomy chose me. Um, honestly, that's not how that would have ended. It wouldn't have been old Deuteronomy. It would have been McCavity taking me to the barge on the Thames. <laughs> and I would have been stuck with, what was the name of the cat who was keeping them there? Which is also like a creepy... Growl Tiger. Growl Tiger. Okay, is this also not a scary, like, hell reference? You know how, like, there's the, the rower that takes you across the river Styx? Yeah, Kyra the Boatman. Yeah. yeah, like, I was like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Like... These cats are living a like something more serious than most humans experience. And like <laughs> Yes. They're getting kidnapped like by teleportation of some sort that the visual effects strongly remind us of the snap from the Avengers. It's Thanos. Uh, <laughs> if Thanos and McCavity teamed up, they would be an unstoppable duo. <laughs> unstoppable. Yes. This is what I'm saying. And then you show up like not like in some other world or like really far away, but just like on a barge in the middle of the river where it's like Could you imagine it's a hard to get off for for non for non-British listeners. That's like you are living your worst life in like the bowels of like what like the financial district and or Midtown, I guess it's Midtown. And the next thing you know, a ratty ass cat touches you and you're taken to a boat on like the Hudson. And you're just like, I'm fucking screwed. <laughs> just imagine. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, and it's like, you know, you know this to be hell when you get there. Like, this is actually what hell is. But it's just the Hudson also. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's life. That's Sounds how accurate. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> oh God! I kept. Uh, so Jason Derulo was not bad in this movie. I did like nobody was bad specifically. I, I just want to be clear that these actors tried. Yes, they all they all really put in quite an effort. I feel like he should have either not done the Cockney accent or he should have done it the whole time. Um, what oh, he did like, do that's actually was, a succinct like summary of the entire film that's like a good <laughs> poll review um, we can move on now <laughs> uh, yeah fine. I did I did think that the scenes with him in them might have been improved a little bit if when he showed up he was like Jason Derulo I know I wanted them to make the joke I wanted them to do it they should have <laughs> fucking done it Rum Tum Tugger I okay so first of all I love Rum Tum Tugger um, Rum Tum Tugger fucks. 
I mean, all yeah. of these cats fuck, but Rum he's Tum the Tugger, cat. like, really fucks. Yeah, he's uh, the cat Rum Tum Tugger and Bombalarina really fuck, and it's amazing that they aren't, like, a duo. Like, she's, like, <laughs> cavorting around with McCavity, and it's like, why? McCavity doesn't fuck. He just apparates people or something. <laughs> like, you want to fuck and do drugs. Hello? Go hang out with Rum Tum Tugger. He, he fucks and probably wants to do drugs. I don't know. Um, yeah, he probably. seems like the type. He he fucks a lot i think somebody on twitter ranked all the cats in the movie based on how much they fuck <laughs> <laughs> rum tum tugger I, fucks the most yes obviously we all know that it's, who it's fucks clear. the next most it's got i mean it's got to be bomblerina um probably, probably. mccavity seems to have no interest in fucking he just wants to like get to the heavy side layer here's the thing none of them know what the heavy side layer is like they're like and also the layer is it like a cake like <laughs> they're I'm going so to the concerned about the heavy side layer which you have to reach in a hot air balloon um that's disturbing i'm not sure how like is it up in the sky or is it somewhere far away i mean clearly um, it's meant to be heaven right yeah um so, so are they is... like trying to die like is it oh yes. one cat one cat one will cat die. gets to die tonight that's <laughs> why when you're watching it it's like it's sort of like well obviously jennifer hudson as grizabella deserves to get this like she is living the most miserable experience of all of these cats i don't know why i don't know why they all hate her and hiss at her also how fucking funny was every single hiss how goddamn funny <laughs> was every time a character hissed i was like oh my god especially Christ. when especially when there were like several of them all hissing at once what really got me was whenever their ears would flatten back like a cat does when it feels threatened. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, that's very strange. Uh, oh my god, that was incredible. The hissing was really like too much for me to handle. I like, I was like, they, the actor did that. The actor just hissed. <laughs> I want to be clear that Ian McKellen just hissed. Jason Derulo <laughs> hissed. Jason Derulo hissed for this movie, like. Oh my god. Jason Derulo needs to release a cover of the Rum Tum Tugger song for his own album that features Jason Derulo. Like, <laughs> I need to hear his name in front of it. Um, yes, absolutely. And I'm upset that I haven't yet. Like, there needs to, like, Jason Derulo and Taylor Swift and Jennifer Hudson should, like, combine on a, like, a, a, do, a trio for this somehow. I don't know what the song would be yet. It would probably be Jellicle Cats and I'd want to kill myself. Um... Jellicle this and Jellicle that. How did you like Taylor Swift's part of the movie? And do you think the Swifties will be coming out in droves to see this movie? Well, I know the Swifties who are like intense are going to see it because they're who I interact with on social media. Um, I follow, I am, I am a Swiftie. Um, so I'm biased. I liked it. Her accent was not great. Um, but like who was, and yeah. <laughs> like i thought it was fun i like it was really weird right like because i just like follow taylor swift so much but like seeing taylor swift try to play a role like that i was like taylor 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 you don't <laughs> you can't like you don't do drugs and fuck like that and we know this about you like that's just not who you are but I really liked Taylor Swift playing the role of a character who was like really obsessed with this bad boy because it was very much like Taylor Swift was just like, I'm just going to be the girl from blank space now. 
And I was like, <laughs> um, <laughs> like, so I loved it. I loved they, it. She got to wear kitten heels for no discernible reason. Like she's a cat in heels. Um, I love that she descended down on a crescent moon after like these horror movie overtures were playing above them and all the cats hid away scared and mewed. Um, <laughs> also hated that the cats mewed in like heat when Ian McKellen performed. Um, I never want to witness that again in my life. That was horrifying. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ian McKellen be like, uh, well, none of you are my type. So like, <laughs> that was weird. Um, I don't know. That was, yeah. Anyway, she came comes down on the moon and then performs this song about Macavity, which I love that song. That's like, gotta be one of the better songs from the, the whole show, right? It's a pretty um, good one, yeah. Yeah, it, there aren't a lot of memorable songs from Cats. It's like Memory, Macavity, the Mr. Mistopheles song, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody knows that one part of Jellicle Cats and wishes they didn't know that one part of Jellicle Cats because... <laughs> You wake up and it's there, and you wish that you were dead rather than hearing it one more time in your Genicals head. Genicals. Yeah, that's the part. That's it. I hate <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. I, you know, I waited. I mean, I will admit that I probably wouldn't have seen this movie so quickly if she weren't in it. So um, I'm happy that I saw it when I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I just I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, oh, the scale of the cats is it's so strange. Alarming. And you forget, like, I found that I, I forgot how like weirdly small they were supposed to be until they would do like a big wide shot, like the one where they're all dancing on the railway trestle. Um and then I was like, Oh, that looks really strange. Oh yeah, the, the all railway the wide trestle. Shots, all the wide yeah. shots were a nightmare. Um, that was also one of the scenes where I thought the CGI looked kind of janky and might be seeing an upgrade. We'll see. Um, what are also- the odds that the scary mice and Rebel Wilson's Jenny and a dot song get a, get an upgrade <laughs> in the CGI? Oh God, I hope so. But I feel like we might have seen the final design for those. They uh, were just like dancing adipose. They're like- weird. It was really upsetting, and I didn't like it. I really fucking hated those things. I mean, I hated the cockroaches, but those mice were... At least the cockroaches were, like, relatively defined. Somehow that was better. Like, the blobbiness of the mice was like, I know you're supposed to be mice because they keep singing about it, but you don't look anything like a mouse, and you have a human face. They're blobby. They've got, like, way too big heads for the rest of their body. It's yeah it's strange um it's like a melting snowman (laughs) i hated it i hated it (laughs) like oh my god everybody should go see cats oh absolutely uh i 100 percent recommend that everyone go see this it's a spectacle if you Um, are the type pregame yes you should be drunk for this movie if you that would definitely help um but it it's i mean like I do admire that they actually did some like tried to do something here. You know, it's nice to see a movie take risks even when they totally flop. And that's yeah, that's what can still make a bad movie entertaining. I'm, like exactly. So like there are a lot of bad movies that are just like really boring. Like this, like 
the last bad movie on this caliber that I can think of was Jupiter Ascending. Like, because it like felt so, like you will never watch anything else like that. Like, you are not going to see another movie that bad shit. Like, <laughs> it was just like, you know what? Let's just fucking go balls to the wall. Like, let's just do it. If they hate it, they hate it. This movie was like, I don't care. We're making this movie for the six theater kids who are going to come to see it after <laughs> going to a cast party at Shoney's. And that's that. Um, and that's who they made the movie for. And I respect that. Thank you, Tom Hooper. I will see it again. I don't know about it in theaters, but I'll see. Well, I probably will see it again in theaters because I need to see the new version. So we need to compare and contrast. Yeah. Gotta... I need to know. We'll give you a report on that later uh, if we see any major changes in the CGI. I don't know. Um, we, I, I'm very unclear as to ha- just how different it's going to look. It can't look that different. Like, what can they possibly... It's also fucking insane to me that this movie was allowed to be rushed out without it being finished. I get it. Like, they wanted this, like, Christmas weekend opening. But they could have... They could have waited to not be up against opening weekend of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, which I thought we'd get the whole episode without even mentioning. But it is a strange choice to release the same weekend as that. It was a terrible choice. Terrible. Like, I don't know if they were banking on, like, people would, like, not be able to get into, like, showings because they'd be sold out. So they would choose the (laughs) next biggest opener. Guess we'll see cats instead. Yeah, like what the fuck kind of mad logic is that? I'm gonna <laughs> see Star Wars, so I'm gonna see the freaky human CGI cat movie. Like, <laughs> what is this? I can't get into Frozen two, so I'm gonna go watch fucking Frozen, the movie about the people trapped on a ski lift. No, <laughs> like <laughs> close enough. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an odd. It was an odd choice. And uh, the movie does not appear to be doing well at the box office as a result. I am bummed about that. I want to see movies that like take risks do well. But, you know, I can't blame anybody for not seeing it. I will say that. Right. I mean, you can, you can tell that a lot of people saw the trailers for this and were just like, oh, God, no way. Uh, I mean... We were horrified, but we also knew we'd definitely be sitting in the theater watching this thing because oh yeah, we it's like the, so insane. Our horror levels were like an extra appeal. We were like, oh, I will be there. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. Apparently, it had a six point five million dollar opening weekend, which for a hundred million dollar movie is really bad. That's horrible. Yeah. Maybe it'll have legs, though. Who knows? If people, I would love to see it like pick up steam just because of how bad it is. Like people go see it because they want something horrifying. That would be spectacular. It's just gonna uh, be like so, like um, notorious that people have to see it. So yes, we highly recommend checking it out. It's an experience like no other. It's, it's the must-see musical event of the year. It's really I got that the, from the poster. So. The only musical event of the year, as far as That's I can true? think. Of. I can I can't think Frozen of any other. Frozen two. Oh, okay. Event. Yes, that's true. That counts. Also, um, similarly weird and dark. Yes. 
Um, and yeah. featuring sentient things that have no business being as sentient as they are. <laughs> so, yeah, very true. Um, far less horrifying and far better, but some similarities. Hey, I um, don't know about far less horrifying, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you see any movies off of the list this week? No, I haven't. We I'm rewatching all of Star Wars right now. Oh yes, that so, yeah, that's. A big I have project. seen up through Attack of the Clones, so. Um, well, yeah. And I gotta uh, say, it's a rough place in to be. In terms of re- ever watching Attack of the Clones again or ever watching Cats again, I'm choosing Cats. Oh so. yeah, I last time I did a full watch, I was like, I don't want to do this again. I just, I really don't like Attack of the Clones. It's like that's my biggest problem. It's enormously bad. It's like there's like very little redeeming factors about it because it's like it's all CGI, just like Cats 2019. Um, however, it looks worse. Far it's worse. like all cartoon. Like none of it looks even remotely real. So it's terrible. And Jar Jar, I forget how big Jar Jar is. And then I watch these movies and he's like taller than most humans. And I'm like, wow, that's genuinely unsettling (laughs) i don't like that so (laughs) i've just like not had a good few star wars movies and i'm coming up on revenge of the sith which i know is better but i don't like much more so we'll see yeah revenge of the sith has its moments it does i just hate the writing i like i can't express how much i hate the writing on revenge of the sith Mm. There's yeah. so much like melodramatic romance between Anakin and Padme, and I'm like, please shut the fuck up before I yeah, murder both of them. That you. stuff never gets any better, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I just watched the new trilogy um this time around. And much uh, better choice, a healthier choice. Yeah, yeah. Although they're still not my favorite of the Star Wars movies, but well, they're nobody's favorite. I think they're the only ones I really felt like I needed to see to prepare for this. I think everybody's favorite Star Wars movies is the original trilogy, Teddy. Yeah. Let's <laughs> as they should be. I don't know. There's people out there who call in The Last Jedi their favorite Star Wars movie. I'm I like, love okay. The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi is up there for me, but it's not I thought favorite. it Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it's probably the best one we've seen since the original trilogy. But yeah, really I like would not call it my favorite. Um, but yeah, next time around, we will probably be discussing Star Wars once Matt has seen it. I have a million and one thoughts. <laughs> I'm saying it on Christmas Day. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, I've I've found myself up late at night just ranting to myself about this movie. So uh, we're in for a big one, I think. That sounds like me after Cats last night. I literally didn't <laughs> sleep last night. I like I got like... <laughs> An hour and a half, two hours of sleep, and I woke up at two thirty, and I was like, "Jellico, this and Jellico, that." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cad sticks with you. That's um, that's how it does. Um. So yeah. Uh, happy holidays, everyone. Happy we're, holidays. We're we're hoping to bring this to you on Christmas. We'll see how well the editing goes, but um. Consider this our little Christmas gift to you. A Christmas they, uh, gift to you. Our jellical <laughs> choice. Our, our jellical choice. You are our uh, jellical choice, listener. Yes, dear listener. Um, 
And we'll see you next time. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Buzzed On Movies um, or email us, buzzedonmovies at gmail.com. Let us know what you're watching this holiday. And um, if you like what we're doing, uh, give us a comment or a rating on any of the major platforms that you use. We're on pretty much everything now. Spotify, uh, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, um, and Apple Podcasts, of course. Will Alexa play us? It should. I haven't tried, but I'm pretty sure Alexa will. plays us and then report back. Yeah. I want to know. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, until next time, we'll see you at the movies. <laughs> I can't believe you're not signing off as your Jellicle cat name. Oh, yeah. This is Flannel Muffs yeah. signing off, and we'll see you at the movies. Yes, and Crinkle Whispers will Crinkle Whiskers will see you at the movies, too. <laughs> I like Crinkle Whispers so much more. It sounds so spooky. Like <laughs> Crinkle Whispers. It's kind of like this weird, like, Macavity Mistopheles mix. <laughs> that's the best kind of cat is it mistopheles was upsetting in the movie he was, he was... not no something yeah. was up with mr mistopheles like he looked like he was like a scene kid in 2004 <laughs> like he was he was like <laughs> bedazzled and stuff yeah he was, he like... was like he was like i listened to panic at the disco <laughs> like you know, he was my favorite character from the musical. And He's everybody's like, favorite character for the musical. <laughs> I feel like they kind of like they kind of made him not as cool in this one. And there was like a romance with him and Victoria the White Cat, which like made no sense because Victoria the White Cat was Bella fucking Swan and had no personality and just did whatever <laughs> the other cats around her were doing. She's like, I finally feel like I belong. And I was like, that's because you're not a real human. Well, what? she's a cat. You're not a real cat. Like... <laughs> Yeah, and like, where's her big like song or big moment or anything? Her big moment. Tell was us what kind of cat she is. Her big moment was singing "Beautiful Ghosts," which was written uh, by Taylor Swift and Andrew Lloyd Webber. I did not like that song. <laughs> I like that song. So, of course you did. Of course I did. Of course. All right. Well, <laughs> see you at the movies, Jellicle uh, cats. See you at the movies, Jellicle fuckers. <laughs>